You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 164. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I'm your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. All right, all right, all right. Now, what's cool about this, and sometimes, you know, in all transparency, sometimes I shoot, most of the time, I shoot these shows week by week by week by week. Sometimes I am smart enough to build them up in bulk so I can start to string together a storyline. And that's what's happening right now. I'm actually in the process of shooting four or five of these in a row so that I can bring you guys some information I took from my CPRS training in Tennessee, but also because I will be driving um, you know, three-fourths away across the country and moving into a new house and taking the Alabama CPRS training, and then my birthday will be coming. And so, honestly, I just see nothing but awesome, awesome experiences coming at me over the next month, and I have not been thrilled with the um, output I've had on these shows over the last couple months, not feeling very grounded, um, having a lot going on, and I've missed some weeks. And so we're not doing that anymore. And so what we're going to do is we're going to bring out a bunch of shows. I'm not going to release them all at once, but I'm definitely taping them all at once, which is a really cool way for me to build a storyline. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to build a storyline about what is recovery? What is recovery? And I'm I'm literally sitting over here, I'm having multiple conversations on Instagram over the last couple of days with varying people in different stages of their um sober so you know, whether they're just full on in addiction and you know they're 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 so everyone has a variation of sober curiosity when they first reach out to me if they're not already sober or already in addiction recovery, right? There's those three stages sober curious, sobriety, and then on the pathway to addiction recovery and full on into it. So it's right. So sober curious, sobriety, addiction recovery, somewhere along that journey line. Cause people who aren't sober curious are not listening to the show. <laughs> because <laughs> There's a level of, it doesn't matter how, I mean, you might literally be drinking as you listen to this show, but you are absolutely starting to think about life outside of what you've been doing with yourself. And so I'm having multiple conversations with some people in varying stages of their sober curiosity, right? They might be able to string together a few, a handful of days sober, and then they go back and then they, you know, and it's here, there. And I I can usually tell whenever it's, whenever they're using, because then they ghost out on the conversation and then they'll come back and they'll be like, okay, that was a bender. And now I'm back and let, let, you know, we talk and, and, you know, I ask a lot of questions because questions are how I get them to find the answers out on their own because I can't just tell them what to do. Plenty of people have already been telling them what to do. Um, no doubt every, I mean, shit, I had tons of people trying to tell me what to do, but until I figured it out for myself, it didn't matter what anybody said to me. And so that's what we're going to talk about um, over these next episodes is how you can start to understand what's going on in your mind and understanding what it is you've attached to your addiction and, and really um, like what kind of language patterns can you begin to absorb? Um, how can you better understand what recovery is? Uh, what values are you of you attached in your life to certain things that might be either holding you in on your addiction or maybe ready to release you from it? How do you communicate? What are some of your communication styles? Right. What is it? What is communication? And, and all of this stuff, while there are samplings of it in my CPRS training, all of this is stuff I've talked with you guys about before, where we're going to bring it back like I promised you I would at the beginning of the year. And we're going to touch on stuff again because one episode isn't enough. 
And while I do reintroduce topics regularly, um, there are absolutely opportunities for certain topics to have multiple shows. And that's what we're going to be doing over the next handful of episodes and on into the summer because I want you all to have a fun summer. And summer is a, is, it's a time where you just move from spring, this moment of rebirth, and now it's time to blossom. There's this opportunity for you to let the storms of your previous life wash away whatever it needed to, to, to bring nourishment into your life. And now it's time for you to utilize that water and the sunshine and the nutrients coming from your environment and really begin to blossom into your meant to be, into this version of yourself outside of your addiction. Actually creating someone who you look in the mirror in a year, two, three, and you're like, I don't, I can't even believe this is the life I have created for myself. The beauty of the internet is there's so many resources out there also that can be of the calamity of the internet. There are so many resources out there you often don't know who to believe, you don't know who to trust. One of the places I know that I can believe and I can trust whenever I go to seek answer from them is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, SAMHSA, S-A-M-H-S-A for short. Um, They have amazing, amazing information over there. I've been using them for years. When I go to call addiction recovery centers, that's usually who I use to find out all the ones near me, and I just start going down the list that they have compiled. It's beautiful. And they have what they believe is their working definition of recovery, and they have these guiding principles of recovery. Now, my CPRS training introduced me to them again, but I'd already found this over on the SAMHSA website before, and I've already discussed a lot of these, but not necessarily all in one episode as a conformed idea, as like this continuation of what can you start to reframe recovery as in your world. All right, when we think about this working definition of recovery, and all of this again, I'm going to put a link to the SAMHSA Guiding Principles of Recovery page um, into the show notes because I want you to be able to find that. And um, this is, again, just one of the many different ways. Um, this is the or this is actually coming from the state of Illinois. Whenever I originally Googled it, it popped up. But now you'll be able to know how to find SAMHSA. And again, this is just from Illinois. Imagine what each and every state is doing with their own addiction recovery strategies. And SAMHSA believes that the working definition of recovery is a process of change through which individuals improve their health and wellness, live a self-directed life, and strive to reach their full fulfillment, their full potential. Now, they call it working, and I think we've discussed this before, because like anything about addiction recovery, health, and most things in life, there's a constant adjustment. We're shifting. We're growing with it. So it's a growing a growing definition of recovery, has a process of change through which individuals improve their health and wellness, live a self-directed life, and strive to reach their full potential. Now, at the end of my origin story, I talk about how on the day on January 12th when I woke up in my shit tub, how I looked in the mirror and said, I am no longer going to be this version of me. I am not going to be the the Jesse who wasted away tons of potential. I'm going to be the Jesse who reached his potential. And I inadvertently also committed to helping each and every person on this planet that I could reach to reaching their full potential, whether it's through my enthusiasm, through it's my speaking, my teaching, my guidance, whatever it might be. I am all in on this idea of full potential. Now, what your potential is, what you believe full potential is to you, what satisfying your unconscious motivators that will lead you to your full potential, these are all subjective to your own experiences and to your own variations of 
the life you have led to your own lived experiences. Now, these guiding principles that SAMHSA introduces us to are powerful, much like the 14 laws of the 14 presuppositions that I referenced in the last episode. And when you take on these principles of recovery that SAMHSA introduces us to that I'm going to go over now, they just become like your guiding light. You can ask yourself, am I utilizing these powerful principles in order to achieve my highest sense of self? You are going to be the one who desires this within yourself to achieve. Other people can want it for you, but nobody, nobody is ever going to want it for you as much as you're going to want it for you. And even when you think the chips are down and the addiction's taken over and there's no way out and you're sitting there on the precipice of, of, you know, just screw it all, I'm out. I can assure you there is a part of you inside that's begging to be released, that wants to break free from the shackles of addiction. And I believe that when you take on these principles, it can be a very strong motivator and guider toward that version of you who's ready to see life through and out of and toward, through and out of addiction toward addiction recovery. So let's go over these principles. The first one, uh, the principle is hope. This belief that recovery is real, that hope is internalized and fostered by others, and it is the catalyst for recovery process. I love that hope is the first one that they bring in because if you don't have hope that you can that you can get sober, if you don't have hope that your life can get better, if you don't have hope on all the fronts that hope can exist on, then you're fighting an uphill battle. If you don't have hope that getting out of bed every day is better than lying in the dark and just crying, then what will ever be the driving uh, impetus to get you out of bed? What will be that energy you use? For me, I I always, I, I, I did, I had absolute positive hope that if I just stopped using, that that would be the one thing that was always the roadblock. And if I just released it after 22 years, while there would be a shit ton of work on the other side of that, I always had hope that I was right, that everybody who told me that releasing addictive substances was, would be the first step. I had hoped that they were right. I had hoped that my thoughts around addiction were right, and that if I just stepped into sobriety, that I would at least be on the right path, and it's worked. Still to this day, when things start to kick me in the teeth, I just have hope. I just have hope that I can figure it out. I have hope that I can come up with a solution. I have hope that there is an answer that I have just not seen yet. And time and time again, I proved that to myself to be correct. Principle number two is it's person-driven, right? This is individuals define their own life goals and their design, their unique paths toward these goals, right? It's you, you decide on what your goals are. You define that for yourself. You define and design your own unique path toward these goals. We could all want to be um, authors. We could all, right? But how we are going to define that goal of being an author and how we're going to design our path down the toward becoming an author, that can be different for everybody. Someone might say, well, I'm an author if I blog. Another person might say, well, I'm an author if I create a brochure. Another person might say, well, I'm an author if I just uh, tell stories on stage. How, what you define as an author doesn't have to be how it's defined by society. If your definition of author means that you get to create things from your mind utilizing words, right? I know, uh, somebody who used to travel you know, from countryside to countryside telling stories, they were the author of these stories. They may not have written them down. Hell, humans didn't even know how to write for the longest time, but they were still authoring stories. 
if you are ready to step into that role for yourself, you can define it and design it your way. It's driven by you. You can take information from me. You can t- you can ask other people questions, but ultimately it's up to yourself to define and design. Many pathways is their third principle. This is what we talked about in like one of the very first episodes of the show. There are infinite pathways towards what you believe recovery is for you. Obviously, not using addictive substances is like a precursor, right? That's sort of like your membership. Right? In order to be in the membership of those in addiction recovery, it would to be not using, right? But we've seen plenty of people, right, who have been sober, who have been addiction recovery, they relapse. Okay, okay, that was their path. Then they say, you know what, no more. They come back in, and now they're on their path again. Recovery is not linear. It's this continual growth, and there will be those occasional setbacks. And like my trainer said the other day, it can be lapses in judgment. It can be lapses in behavior that we thought we left long ago. But your pathway is still your recovery pathway. And even if you did relapse and set your your clock back to zero, you don't set your experiences back to zero. You've experienced all those days, just like a, a athlete might throw, a quarterback throws no interceptions for 50 passes and then throws one. It doesn't negate the, the 50 completions or the 50 passes, at least without an interception. Now they're just 50 out of 51 passes without an interception. They still have all those other passes that were not, that were not caught by the opposite team to show them that they have figured out better ways of quarterbacking. It's the same thing for you. You might have thousands of days and then have seven or eight to 10, whatever, right? Random number I'm going to throw out where you go back into it. Then you come out. Okay. So now it's 700 sober days out of 710. If that's part of your pathway and you see it has that setback is a great way for you to learn, then boom, shakalaka, you are on your way. I saw someone and and had a conversation with them at Recovery Dharma a few weeks ago who said his last relapse was the best thing that ever happened to him. It absolutely positively taught him that being sober and and seeking a life in addiction recovery was his path, was his meant to be in life. And he's been, you know, again, smooth sailing on that front as far as he hasn't used, but it's not recovery that can suck. It's just life sometimes, and that's okay. But we don't have to fall back on our old crutch. We're walking again. We don't need to go back to the way things were. We just need to be able to settle down in this moment and figure out a way to handle through what is going on without going back to our old ways. Principle number four is holistic, whereas recovery encompasses an individual's whole life, mind, body, spirit, community. Right? It's everything. It's the services. It's the supports. It's integration. It's coordination. It's all of it. This is how I have my, my spheres, my pillars, my zones. Career self-relationship is the spheres. The pillars are physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. We have our zones of growth mindset, physical development, emotional intelligence, uh, neurobiology and, and the biochemicals of the brain, and we have environment. Right? I really believe that these five zones, when harnessed along with the power of my spheres and my pillars, will absolutely incorporate your life toward a better, more desirable version of yourself. Take my seven powerful principles from the book I wrote, and now all of a sudden you have a pretty damn good blueprint. You can come up with your own blueprint, but if you're looking for a few, I've got them out there. Everybody's got a system, but it's when you understand, and it's when you understand, that we're talking about an entire life-changing event when you quit using, when you step into sobriety. Everything about your life is going to require some tinkering because your addiction seeped into every aspect of your life. 
Samson believes that peer support, number five, encourages others to engage peers and provide each other with a sense of belonging, supportive relationships, valued roles, and community. Listen to that real fast. Peers, and this is off the website, peers encourage and engage others, other peers and provide each other with a vital sense of belonging, supportive relationships, valued roles, and community. Go back to the six human needs. That's significance. That's contribution. That's certainty. That's love and connection. That's growth. That's variety. That's all six human needs wrapped up in peer support. That's how important the the saying, the opposite of addiction is connection is. Peer support. This is why people encourage meetings. This is why people encourage you to get into together with a group who are going through similar things. All right, this is why those support groups are so amazing and resourceful. Whether it's sugar, binging and purging, eating disorder, whether any other mental uh, mental uh, wellness uh, thing you've got going on where you need to, to some support, addiction, whatever it might be, there's a support group for it. And this is why support is so important because all six human needs can be found at one of those meetings. All six of those human needs can be found when you and a fellow peer going through a similar similar um, sobriety to recovery phase, right? This, I mean, how I can get into a room full of people who've got sex, drug, rock and roll, eating disorder, any level of addiction in their life, and I can bond with them because we're all going through a similar experience in that we're trying to release something that has literally infiltrated every aspect of our lives. And by releasing it and stepping into a new version of ourselves, we have created a massive void and we're seeking understanding around it and we're seeking ways in which we can fill it. And that's why when we get together and have conversations, we start to hear what other people are doing and then we create something for ourselves. We design it and define it for ourselves. Guiding principle of recovery number six, relational. Recovery is supported by the presence and involvement of people who believe in the person's ability to recover who offer hope, support, and encouragement. Now, not only does this one go back to peer support, which we just covered, but it also discussed the many pathways, because who knows what meeting you might go to, who knows what organization. Hell, you might love jump roping, like I've recently taken on, and you go to a jump roping class meeting with other people who jump rope. I'd be willing to bet something was going on in their life, and then they turned to, they were like, I need to get more active. You know what, maybe I'll pick up jump roping. And then it became something they really got into. I'd be willing to bet a lot of them were going through something in their lives that led them to the jump rope, right? Just like it talks about how uh, in this relational, looking for people who believe you can recover and who offer you hope. Hope is number one. Hope is their guiding principle, right? That it gives you, it's that it's supportive. They believe in your ability to recover, also understanding that it's person-driven. Number seven is culture, right? Values, traditions, beliefs are key in determining a person's journey and their unique pathway to recovery. If you come from India and, and the background of your family is is deeply traditional and holds certain values, that might be how you seek addiction recovery. It also may be the confines of those traditions and values is what led you into addiction. So maybe maybe breaking through those traditions and values that your family, that your that your citizens and country country people also hold firmly toward, maybe it's releasing that stuff that actually takes you into your sobriety and addiction recovery journey. But only you will know that for yourself. But I can absolutely say this as an experience I've had as a lived experience, I've 
gone through is that my values and traditions and beliefs that I had that came from my primary caregivers, that came from my background, absolutely influenced the way that I first stepped into addiction recovery and sobriety. Ultimately, I turned it all into my own stuff, but there was absolutely values, traditions, and beliefs that had some sway over how I first stepped into addiction recovery. Um, absolutely. My, my initial experiences with AA at the University of Florida were not good. So I, when I decided to get sober, I wanted a way other than AA. And that's how I turned to Kaiser. Trauma-informed. Services and supports should be trauma-informed to foster safety and trust. This promotes choice, empowerment, and collaboration. Now, we're going to go into trauma-informed more down the road, but basically it's just understanding that people have traumas. How are, and, and it's understanding that when we step into this idea of just realizing that everybody has their own ways of looking at their trauma, everybody has this trauma, right? It, when you are part of the solution, right, then you are able to be there for people whenever they introduce their traumas into a conversation. Right. How can how informed are you on just how to softly and gently guide them through the experience they're having as they're sharing your traumas? Right. You want to promote choice, empowerment, and collaboration. Right. This understanding that trauma informed promote. Okay. So I had to hit stop because I just, I felt like I was talking way too fast. So let's slow things down. When we're trauma informed, we go into these experiences with other people that we know are that have a potential to be vulnerable and connective understanding that most everybody has something that has created trauma in their life now for some person it could be you know burnt with cigarettes and beat with belt buckles and somebody else could just be hungry one night and other people could just be having their parents always hovering over them and giving them everything they wanted. I know you don't think that getting everything you want as a child can create trauma, but generally if they're, if they're spending a ton of money on you and that's how they show their love, which is what my stepdad did. They're also not showing you their love by throwing the football and having father son talks. There was a disconnect there. So people's trauma can be whatever their trauma is, but I would be willing to bet pretty safely say that everybody has something that they consider traumatic from their childhood. So when you go into this trauma-informed care, it's understanding that, right? It creates a sense of, of safety and trust for people. And it also asks questions that show them that they have the choice to start do things, to do things differently and empower them and seek collaboration for how it is that you can be a support system to guide them through what it is that they're experiencing. We all have our own experiences of sobriety and recovery. And I cannot even begin to fathom the depths at which we've all uh, gotten to where we're at today to be listening to this show. But I can absolutely create a space for you to feel comfortable sharing your traumas and your experiences with me. Number nine, strength and responsibilities. And, and this is a really long one, but just understand that you, you have strengths that are inherent to you. Some of them, may, you may have been absolutely utilizing your strengths in order to continue using. We can reverse engineer your strengths and start putting them more towards your own self-care and on your journey of recovery. Right? There's also responsibilities you'll have for yourself, taking care of yourself, personal responsibility, not blaming, complaining, and making excuses for your behavior. Embrace what it is you did to yourself that got you here. And also understanding that if you are a family member of someone who's going through the sobriety and recovery journey, it is 
partially your responsibility to support them in that recovery, right? And also for you to stay well for yourself and to make sure you're taking care of your needs. These communities can have responsibilities by providing opportunities and resources um, that, and this is off the website, address discrimination and foster social inclusion and recovery. The strength of a community to help someone come through the journey from sobriety to recovery is amazing. It takes a village. Absolutely takes a village. And number 10 is respect. Acceptance and appreciation for people affected by mental health and substance use challenges are crucial to achieve recovery. Self-acceptance, developing a positive and meaningful sense of identity and regaining belief in oneself are also important. Self-acceptance, that was who you are then, this is who you are now. Accept that that was your path to get here and release that anger, shame, and guilt. That was you then, it's not who you are now. Developing a positive and meaningful sense of identity. What are the I am statements that you use on a regular basis? I am an addict or I am an addiction recovery. I am a piece of shit or I am someone working toward looking at myself positively in the mirror. The I am statements are what you attach meaning to your identity using. And regaining belief in oneself, right? Somebody once asked me, what's the best way for me to love myself again? And I was like, trust yourself. When you make a commitment to do something, do it. Because we've all seen how love is created within two humans. It's through trust. It's through being there for one another. Whenever you say you'll be somewhere, you're there. When you say you'll help them, you help them. That builds trust, and trust builds love. So if you want to build uh, trust and belief in yourself again, then follow through on the things that you say you're going to do. And if you find yourself not following through on those things, ask yourself, are you actually committing to things you want to be committing to? Are you committing to things that your sponsor, your therapist, your counselor, your peer, are you, are you doing things that they're telling you to do, but you don't actually want to do? Or are you just not doing it because you're unmotivated, uninspired, lazy, uh, hopeless? Figure out what is causing you to not follow through on the promises you make to yourself. And that will be a humongous step toward making future promises that you keep to yourself. These are your guiding principles. These are things that we have been talking about for 160 some odd episodes. It is amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing to me for all of us that are on this journey, regardless of where we're at, the stumbling blocks, the occasional setbacks that we might have. It's all part of the journey, guys. It's all part of the journey. And when you can step into embracing your own humanness, I absolutely promise you, it'll help you and guide you towards embracing other people's humanness. We are amazing, amazing creatures who just get off our path once in a while. And the beauty of it is, if we are in a community that's willing to support us, we can absolutely get back on that path. But you still have to decide it for yourself. Define what it is you want in your life and then design a way to get it. It is out there for you. I honor you for being on this journey with every each and every one of us in this tribe from sobriety to recovery because it is absolutely empowering to be involved with so many people seeking the potential that's inside of them to be experienced externally. I love you all. And if you would like to be more involved in the tribe, absolutely please, Wise Mind Empowerment 
Empowerment and Recovery Tribe is available. Go to jessemogul.com forward slash the hub. If you would like to support uh, the book that I am putting together and my journeys and my my driving to addiction recovery centers to be of support and help, please go over and uh, search my name over on Patreon. And you can absolutely um, begin to support the From Sobriety to Recovery movement that way as well. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives because we wake up sober. Shout out to sunshine and glow on. See you next week. Bye-bye.